0: Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Podcast. Welcome to Fourth Floor Studios. My name is Joe O'Brien. And I... You cut me off, I didn't even get to say the name of the
1: show yet. Oh, sorry. And this is Cannon Fodder. And I'm um, the Duke of Dice. Uh, <laughs> Troy La
0: I see you really uh, you really worked that one up for a while. Oh, you'd think this was our first show. Well, it's our first show <laughs> in your brand new apartment. That's beautiful. Oh my god, Troy La After how many years? Hey,
1: we're and we're moving on up, moving on up to the east side to Astoria Deluxe apartment in the sky. You're literally, literally
0: Literally in the sky now. Look at this. Oh my god, it's amazing. This bay window oh, thingy, man. uh this cathedral ceiling. I mean an all from GCP money. Oh man,
1: it's just rolling in. <laughs> it's been so lucrative. They always said, You want to make money? Podcast. <laughs> That's where it's at. Yeah, it was a toss-up between this and terrestrial radio. <laughs> Good, buddy. Congratulations on the move.
0: I'm so excited for you. Big news in the the story of Troy. Yeah. You lived in the apartment downstairs from here for how long?
1: Nine years. Nine years Nine years. uh,
0: From when I met you, you were in that apartment, and we hung out there many, many times. Yes, it's
1: where we first made love.
0: (laughs) And it is where we first... (laughs) And it is where we first played... Well, not where we first played Pathfinder together, but where
1: we, you know, played the games you hosted, we played a good 75 and- <laughs> games of Pathfinder in that apartment. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, a solid 75. Yeah, and so this apartment is pretty much... Identical, but just a little bit bigger. The bedroom's a little bit different. It's a different layout, but the best part is the roof deck that overlooks the skyline of Manhattan. When it is no longer
0: shitty-ass New York Ugh. February, we are going to be recording Cannon Fodder outside. We'll just, you guys are just going to have to deal with the sirens and the honking horns and the ice cream truck.
1: I think they'd be fine. It would sound like we're at like a live recording. We'll do it once. We'll with it once. no fans there. I'll tell you what, dude. Every Jade Regent session is happening outside between March and August. That is a great idea. Idea. it's gonna be amazing so uh, skid is gonna be rolling dice off the roof <laughs> when he gets mad just <laughs> clang
0: clang clang oh yeah i'm not i'm not above throwing a die off a roof <laughs> i don't care i don't care what's in your landlord's insurance contract about d20s <laughs> hitting random passers-by be out there grilling hold on guys uh, that account will be coming right up after these burgers <laughs> Well, uh, I'm I'm happy for you, but we do need to get to the content of the show today. Now nah, let's just it, keep bullshitting. It is a a cannon fodder to look behind the scenes, Troy. Oh, of episode 89 of the Glass Cannon Podcast. We're getting up there,
1: buddy. We are getting up there. We are almost at 90. Which I think 89 is a good good age to retire. It is. <laughs> should we just kill it it's, after it's, this? It's
0: <laughs> far beyond the age you should be retired and and, and actually enjoying yourself. No, this was I obviously enjoyed this episode got to have a little bit of will role play get out there a little bit of will uh, exposition i guess you could say and we're in the wilds there's no tom there's no tom nope what can one do one must expose himself right i can't do a deus ex tom <laughs> You can't just show up in Minderhall's Valley. wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be right, though the fans would love it. They you would. know they would. No, they're
1: asking for it. That's why uh, we'll give it to them. Troy, I think they appreciate how you maintain the narrative more than anything. That's that's my calling card. <laughs> I'm the Duke of Dice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, the chapel is done, my friend. It we, sure is. We examine thoroughly these fire crystals, and I think we don't know what they do. Mm-hmm. Last week I didn't. I didn't know what they do. This week I still don't know what they do. What is that? They, I mean, what are they're magical? But they don't. I mean, they emanate magic, but they're not magical. Evocation magic. They. Uh, you kept saying harvest, harvest. them. I'm like, what does that mean? Harvest, harvest. I don't really understand. I don't really know what they are. I. I just don't know what they're for. Yeah. I don't know. But you know, it, it is what it is. And I. And you say that these other
1: ones may be traps. You think? Yeah. So listen. listen this is what you know. You went into the one room that existed in this, uh, you know, outside of the main chamber, and found geodes. Cracked them open; they exploded. A trap! It's a trap. Then you find a secret door with a hidden compartment, and you crack it open and harvest the stuff inside the the chewy nougat inside <laughs> these red crystals, and they don't explode. And you take all of them. Not a trap. Not a trap. That's now, all you know.
0: But it is a trap. But well, no, it's not all we know because you're telling us it's a trap. We don't know it's a trap. Perhaps. I don't think you're allowing for the possibility, at least in the players' minds, that we could have triggered something by doing something wrong. Like, there could have been a... a command word or something that we needed to say to not set off the explosion mm-hmm. but it sounds like they were meant to be found and meant to, if the wrong people found them they didn't know where to find the real ones this is the punishment that you get yeah and then i think it's kind of surprising honestly to be done with it to be done with the chapel to walk around walk upstairs what and there's nothing else there it really is just an ancient
1: abandoned chapel. It must drive you nuts as a player to see a map of that size and to go tooth and nail over it, uh, fine tooth comb rather, and not and only find a couple of things. And and, you know?
0: and things that you don't even really know what they are. Now the yeah. giant bag of holding is pretty sweet. Yeah, That's a great item to come away with, but the fire crystals still don't know what they do. We'll see if they have some value. You, you said that they were very valuable. So there is that consideration and hopefully we can find out where to apply that value but otherwise we just leave the chapel and della makes her arcane mark which i thought was so cool yeah. and then we have a little leoma sword a little torag hammer just kind of saying you know then you know we were here but before i leave though before we leave the brown sludge you remember the brown sludge that we Oh, were, sure uh, what was that we, i don't think we ever really asked or Got that answered in the session.
1: Well, you know, that's the point of canon fodder—a little uh, lift the veil, a little behind yeah. the scenes. It actually doesn't say in the book. Uh, it really? It says it's it, just there. It a bunch of brown sludge. The way that I explained it to you guys, this sort of uh, sludgy brown gook, and so I—it wasn't until I was in the middle of the... Actually, I think it was after the episode where it exploded that it dawned on me what I think it is. I think other people had went in there, monsters, maybe giants or whatnot, found those geodes, cracked them open, and exploded them. And this happened multiple times, and that was all just uh, exploded bodies that would decay. That's what I think it was. That makes the most sense to me.
0: Well, maybe exploded bodies that were like slowly devoured by the Venus flytrap over time. It's possible. All those vines or whatever, they would take those exploded dead remains and sort of acidic them down
1: into a brown sludge. Think about it. If half a dozen guys went in there and it was all hand grenades, and they're like, what does this do? Blah! What does this do? Blah! What does this do? It would just eventually be this black, (laughs) brownish sludge all over the place. I think that's what it was.
0: Not to mention a comedy routine. (laughs) It, it, It is really... Disgusting, and I think that this is something we come across a lot in Pathfinder. There is some twisted stuff in these books,
1: man. I, I hope we're fortunate enough to get Tim Hitchcock on the phone one of these days. Yeah. I would love to. I want to ask, ask like, him about the feet. When were you?
0: At what point were you
1: like? I'm going to cut their feet off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just rough. It is rough, but yes, I think that, that that image of the brown sludge is is appropriate because it leaves me appropriately skeeved out, and I'm happy. I'm happy that we're out of there, but not before actually. I got ahead of myself because we did spend the night, and I I love that image yeah. of just the fire inside the chapel, what we f- feel to be a safe place and then a little role play from Sir Will, a little bit of exposition on his backstory, mm-hmm. which I wanted to kind of get out. I had written you this a long time ago, yep. and I still adjusted it, changed it up a little bit. Actually, you know what we can do? This, this is Cannon Fodder, and it's a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon kind of podcast. I don't know if you're going to be pissed at me for mentioning this. I I'm trying am. to think about it. I already am. Yeah, I don't I don't think you will be, but the um, when I was thinking about trying to deal with this situation with Della and how I was going to talk to Della about it. I started to think about getting some exposition out with that, get it, trying to have a conversation where I could get a little backstory out. And I went for a run and I'm, i I was just running along the East river and trying to think of a good way to put it or, A vision I saw, and it started to come, and it started to click, and I was just like... That's
1: what I do. Usually, I get some of my best GCP ideas when I'm running around Astoria. (laughs) Yeah, I run
0: around, I listen to like epic badass music, and I'm just thinking... You know what images is will seeing? you know what is this nightmare he had, and I'm piecing the putting the pieces together, and I'm so excited about it and literally, this is not where I'm not even kidding. I ran into you <laughs> right. on running on the East River. I was running north you were you were running south, and all of a sudden I was just like, "Oh hey man, and, and we pulled up the headphones, and I was like, "I just had a great idea for what I want to talk about with Della next episode, and it was just. Was it that night? I feel like we recorded that day. I was like, "Cool, I'll see you in a few hours." Yeah, it was something <laughs> like remember. that. And I didn't tell you exactly what I right. was going to I was write. Sitting
1: there running in place, listening to you go. That's on right. And on. You just
0: kept running. I was like, "This tool, <laughs> got to keep a heart rate up, Joe." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was a little little behind the scenes that look is there. Funny. Yeah, uh, I think that's the first time that's ever happened in all these years. And we've lived in the same neighborhood for a long time. I've never ran into you running with yeah. it by accident. Yeah, I didn't even know you
1: worked out. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly doesn't appear like it. <laughs> Ah, let's get a sip of my beer here. <laughs> yeah, you guys should just come to Astoria, Queens. It's a good chance you'll run into us on the street.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, after a little bit of role play, we head back out into the valley with our plan to continue north or continue east, I should say north when it offers the opportunity. But then, at this crossroads, we see this crazy scarecrow. Yeah, unexpected. We're trying to figure out figure out what it is. Baron does some knowledge checks about what it might be trying to keep out or or who might have made it. We know it's tr- it's to keep out giants. And then just a great little debate among the characters. Should we go off the plan, which was to continue north, right. or go south and follow this path where a huge scarecrow is telling giants to stay out? Yeah. Nestor's reasoning be, being, well, we're not giants. If they don't want giants there, then that's probably the place we should be. Turns out it's not. It is not the place we should be. This was a decision that as soon as you said what we were seeing, I knew what that scarecrow was. I knew what it was for. It all like came flooding in the reality of what we had just done to ourselves, which is put ourselves in the middle of a literally giant zombie
1: situation. Yeah. And it was terrifying. Terrifying. That kind of stuff can get bad quickly. And it's that's what you kept saying. You were you like, don't have a cleric. And that's what you kept saying. You were like, this is going to be so bad. This is going to be bad. And you were not exaggerating. No, no. I mean, energy drain is so bad, and the fact that you've already got Nestor and Umlo down their con, their charisma, their strength, although Nestor's con has been fixed, to have, you know, those were the two that got hit by energy drain. I didn't even realize at the time, like, it was just based on the placement of the where they were that those are the two that had attacked. Of course, luckily Nestor saved, or Skid would have physically harmed me, <laughs> yes. uh, but poor friggin um uh, this guy guy can't catch a a, break a negative a permanent negative level on top of everything else I mean it's just it's it's not permanent it's not permanent. It is not permanent. It's a temporary negative Yeah, level. we have we have, we have 24 hours, buddy. Nice try. Oh, that's right. Temporary. I just have to keep re- remembering it cuz I know you guys are going to forget. Temporary <laughs> negative. We forget level. whatever is to our disadvantage. If he fails the the save that he gets the before it's a, like a saver fa- uh, permanency situation, I mean, it's just it's I mean, it's over. It's over for him. Yeah, pretty much. There's no way he's going to be able to come back from that. And this is where you Need a cleric, Troy? Yep. I, you know, I, I, I think I texted you uh, a couple weeks ago. I can't remember when I texted you. We may have and, now, this. and now I'm realizing that you were reading. I was reading this encounter, this encounter like, that we were not at yet. You guys are you. You're right. Everything I've said is wrong. You definitely need a cleric in <laughs> a <any> group.
0: <laughs> you know how auspicious that is to get a text from your GM out of nowhere that just says you were right. You definitely need a cleric. I was like, oh my god, what is coming up? Well, you know what? I want to ask you a quick GM question. Sure. That just popped into my head. We divert our attention. We go south into what is a you know a zombie wasteland. Who knows where this leads? Who knows how deep we can get into this kind of disastrous situation? As a GM, do you want players... You're reading this huge sandbox. Sure. Do you want your players to encounter these side missions that are not relevant to the plot and don't try to act like this is part of the main story. Cause it's, there's just no way that this guy, that this, that Volstice or whatever, or these guys that are coming for the tribute are down this way. They're just not this way. They are scarecrowed out because something happened here, some disease or whatever it is, got loose, some plague. And so they've abandoned this area. Our objective is not here. So I'm trying to phrase this properly. As a GM, do you want us to encounter it because you just read it and think it's cool? Or do you want your players, do you like it when your player's more go on the direct line to the boss because not only does it keep the action moving, get you through the book quicker, but the encounters are tougher for the players. So there's more challenge there. There's They have less experience. What do you prefer as a GM?
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I have to correct you because I don't think anything, especially in, in a well-written adventure path like this, is random. There is a reason for everything. And if you start digging and really thinking, like, why is this? I mean, for example, the, um, the Rift Drake, when the Rift Drake came out. We got a lot of heat on the subreddit, like, oh it's just a it doesn't make any sense. Why would the Rift Drake come down there? There is a very specific reason why that Rift Drake was there, and I'll tell you maybe when the adventure's over because it it comes into effect. Or there's let me just say there's a specific reason the Rift Drake was there. Well there's a specific reason this is here too. Is it tied directly to the main storyline, the way to get to the BBEG? Maybe. Maybe not. I think it's very significant. Um so So you're happy that we went this way?
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. If we would have bypassed it completely, saw the Scarecrow and been like, oh, you know what, let's avoid that, would you have been disappointed as a GM?
1: No, no, not at all. Okay. Just because... So it's not relevant to the main story. Well, no, I... Nailed him! I, I, no, I, think, I got him, guys. I think you, you, you're you going to finish book three with missing a bunch of relevant relevant details. Damn it! So that's that's why I'm... I, but I'm fine if you miss it. I, I don't... <laughs> I, I used to want my... You know when you remember those choose your own adventure books when you were a kid? Oh yeah, that's I mean that's a way that I was like playing D and D on my own. I would like read those things, and I was such a fucking loser. I would write down, (laughs) say there were 112 pages. I would write on the back of the book one through 112, and made sure I read every possible permutation of the thing. I'm so, I was still OCD even as a child. What a perfect example of the difference between us because I love
0: to choose your own adventure books <laughs> and I read it until my adventure was over and then just put it away.
1: Oh, how could you do that? Because I, I chose my adventure. Every possible it was over. one. And so if I got down to it, it was like page 31. I never got to page 31. I wouldn't just go and read 31. I would try and find a way to get to 31.
0: Guys, write into us on Facebook here at least or or, or tweet at us. What Which way did you go with this? Was it you choose your own adventures. Did you have to read
1: every possible permutation? I can't believe it. Or be did you just one. choose your own <laughs> adventure? I just chose multiple adventures. <laughs> I chose everyone's adventure. But anyways, I think when I first started GMing, I wanted to make sure the players did absolutely everything was that was in the AP. But as I've Grown as a GM, I'm totally fine with letting you guys miss things, letting you guys skip things, Um, missing out on important treasure or important story bits, because you can always make it up on the back end, and uh, I want you guys to really feel free, because I remember when I first started playing this 100 years ago, what I loved so much is it was the first game that you could really do anything you could think of, and part of that for you guys as players is to think, we don't have to go that way, we could go this way. Or we could go this way. And I want you to really feel that freedom without me pushing you one way or another. Yeah, well, I am not happy that we
0: went this way. I'm just not, to be I don't honest. Think anybody I, is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was cool for Willamette to be able to do the Paladin thing, which is like Slay Undead. That is a cool aspect of a Paladin that we haven't been able to explore in this adventure yet. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome to just one shot an enemy. And of course, you get a little adrenaline boost from that. But I just feel like, in terms of the giant army amassing we are in a place where we know they are not at least i am very confident the army is not here and so to me it's definitely a diversion from where we should be and i i want to say that as a player not necessarily as Will. i don't speak for will on cannon fodder okay will i mean if he sees undead perhaps he's going to have to do his undead thing where it's like paladin's got to clear them out i'm not sure i've got time to think about it i'm not going to decide yet but as a player i think that we're maybe getting a little bit distracted from the main story but we'll get back on track obviously soon enough and you could be right we could find some level of evidence in here about maybe why these people are being turned away or why you know what is what else is going what deeper story is going on in this valley
1: yeah i think the most important thing is everything you encounter just try and try and think about how does this fit into the uncovering the puzzle and the mystery of what's going on in the valley still trying buddy still trying
0: mm. i would like to uh bring up a question we got from a listener oh uh, over email it's, it's called gotta listener mail
1: got to get
0: thank you again to nick Lowe for composing these amazing drops. Thanks, good buddy. You are the best. This week's listener mail comes from friend of the podcast and longtime listener April, who is in Portland, Oregon, writing in with a question that is... It's going to be a little dicey, Troy, and you know what it is? I am going to make this, because we got another email that was uh, in a similar vein. Uh I'm going to make this a two-part series. So next week, when we record Cannon Fodder, Uh I have another question already on deck. It's a, it's a two-part RPG drama series. Ooh. Yeah, so we are going to go to the, we're going to face the real issues here of RPGs, which is, you know as well as I do, we've been through it, we've talked about it, we even mm. mentioned it sometimes on Cannon Fodder to, to some extent, but I don't know what it is about RPGs, but it creates drama. Between friends, between enemies, it just has a way of doing it, and I I can't quite explain how, but we're going to explore it a little bit in the next two weeks. But this week, first up, is April in Portland, who asks, actually, she wrote a question to or explained it over an email that was extremely well written and explained this whole story and this whole situation, which to sum up is that in her office, she was able to get a game going pathfinder game at lunch awesome on lunch break she wasn't gming it she was just playing but she got the game going awesome right that's what we want now unlike most people who end up having a hard time even getting enough people to play all of a sudden like it gets popular and people want to get involved and people want to play and then before you know it there's 11 12 players and one hour for lunch Oof. I mean that's one round. That's one round of a combat. Right. So there was no there was no way to continue the game as such and decisions had to be made. And that's April's question. It's as simple as that. It's what do we do? Because what you end up with is a situation where you can't you can't like kick people out that wanna play yeah. in the game. It's like you're in middle school again. When you were a kid It was so easy, it felt like, to just like exclude other kids and then get yelled at uh, by your mom for doing so. But when you're an adult, you don't want to do that, at least if you're, you know, good aligned. And and then the concept of splitting it into maybe multiple groups is out there. But then it's like, how do you pair the groups? Who gets along well with whom? Who plays well with whom? Maybe there's a player or two out there that just they they're not fun to play with the people don't want to play in their group whatever we, you, we all know those players that are not as fun to play with right and it just creates you. It, well <laughs> you have no choice you have no other friends it creates <laughs> it creates a situation that is very tense and very dramatic and i bring this up in a way to just say let's talk about it for a little bit i don't think we have the answers to all these questions nope. i you're not prepared to talk about this so let me know what your thoughts are, your initial thoughts, and let's kind of let's kind of delve into the drama, man.
1: Well, would would you agree with me that the most important thing, um, if you're going to start getting into, uh, you know, Pathfinder or you know, any tabletop RPG, is group chemistry?
0: Yeah. Like- well, well, the most important thing for the success and enjoyment of the game, right, is not the content, it's not the rules, it's not the addition,
1: it's the chemistry of the players yeah that is the most important and the gm and the GM. yeah Yeah. it's uh, those four or five people have to be you know on the same you're not always going to be on the same page we've had some of our uh, our first group that we had was the best group and we still had some sessions that were like very contentious you know (laughs) it just it's the nature of the game no i write on the rules that you can do this (laughs) storms out throws his (laughs) bloody mary on the ground
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was in a solo cup. Uh, yeah, no, flip the table, flip the map, knock the
1: pieces over. Even five best friends are going to have sessions that are just not, everybody's not feeling it, you know? There's a lot of times, too, where the GM, I remember in Jade Region once we were playing, and I had spent hours preparing, and it was a really difficult combat, and you guys were all... Angry with me, and then I became angry with you guys because I'm like, You
0: know, how much work I'm putting into this outside of sessions to make it challenging? I want to make this challenging for you, and you're
1: just getting angry because it's challenging. I got so mad. I remember there was like a stop and talk,
0: yeah. I remember that exact session, and I remember how angry I was at you. (laughs) I was so angry because it was such an impossible combat that put my character along with a few others in impossible positions to be completely useless round after round. I don't know, I just, I hold my action and it wasn't just like... Honestly, Troy, I don't know what to do. I hold my action. It was that it got very passive aggressive. It got very sarcastic. And I would just be like, well, you put me in a situation where there's nothing to do and there's no fun to be had. It's not even a game anymore. You're just making up nonsense so that I am unable <laughs> to act. So you just tell me whatever you want me to do. You know what I mean? Like it got tense and you were like, stop the music. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys,
1: this is a hard combat <laughs>
0: yeah. we had to have a talk right we had to have a little round yeah. table
1: and I, that you know i think that's totally fine you you have to have that level of communication with your group but anyways i don't want to get too much off topic this is a very difficult situation here's a uh immediate truth feelings are going to get hurt <laughs> that is part of of the game <laughs> <laughs> isn't that so sad though it's you know it's just if if everything was peaches and uh cream then uh Life would be delicious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Those sage words of Troy Valley, the Duke of Dice on cannon fire.
1: Um, But yeah, you know, people's feelings are going to get hurt. I, you want to know my real solution to this? This is this Uh, is my solution. Okay, I think April should pick her four favorite people and say, "We're going to have our own lunch group." You guys figure it out. You can't do That's that. That's what I would do. You cannot and do that. I
0: have done that in the past. <laughs> well, you have done that. But
1: it's well known that you're heartless.
0: It's well known it's that you don't feel... not that I'm feel... heartless.
1: I just want things to be exactly the way that I want them. <laughs> that is a...
0: That is a tough situation. I get very empathetic in those situations. I feel like, what if I was one of those people that got left behind? Also, it's very possible that April really likes eight or nine of the P of the 11. That's impossible.
1: (laughs) Nobody likes eight or nine people in their life. Two at most. I don't know. I, I, so your
0: (laughs) honest advice is just pick your favorite people and say, guys, this is going to be hard to say. I'm sure it's going to be hard for you to hear, but we have decided that we're just going to play and you guys figure
1: it out yeah <laughs> we're gonna the the we're gonna be one group and you guys just argue your way until you no one's playing anymore <laughs> and then we still have our fun group that is so terrible that That is is so terrible that that solution makes the most sense I mean Joe you're dealing with this right now with the curse of the crimson throne you just could not decide how to create a group so you took your three groups of players and still we ended up leaving out five or six people because it's just it's just impossible especially us now where we have so many RPG friends the best you could do was 10
0: yeah I thought that I should I thought I should cap it at 10 at you know at just the most yeah simply because I knew already feelings were going to get hurt by telling people they couldn't play in games they were available to play in. Yeah, That was hard enough. But now we we have a session underway, and we are it's working so far. I didn't have to tell anyone yet, because right. it happened to be perfect. There was a perfect amount of people that couldn't make the first session, which to me fits in with what I thought was going to happen, which is that people weren't going to be available. April, I mean, people weren't going to be available in the sense of the way normal RPGs are. They just... Adults just can't get together on some random weeknight on short notice within a week or two. It just doesn't always happen. April, though, is in a much different situation. She's at work.
1: Everybody's there.
0: You're going to be there. And when you only have one hour to kind of get together and, and play a little bit, I don't know. I think there needs to be a certain level of negotiation where you try to split the groups in a way that seems fair to everybody, but it... Fair to everybody is an extremely subjective thing, especially if you have players that are maybe just not as good or new or I don't know. It's it's hard because, you know, and I agree with you that even if April may like or respect uh, eight or nine people as co-workers, she certainly doesn't want to play. With eight or nine people equally.
1: Right. And Pathfinder. you know, there's got to be two real assholes in there. <laughs> oh, man. With Out of like, 11? Nobody wants to play Out of that. 11?
0: Right. Please. As my father used to say, you never have to go far
1: to find an asshole. <laughs> there's <laughs> always one
0: in every group, there's man. There's got
1: to be a couple of ripe dicks in that group. <laughs> and they just make the hour that they have together miserable. <laughs> I don't even know these people, and I'm 100% sure of that fact.
0: <laughs> well, they're in Portland. And they should go in the non-April
1: group. Yeah, I think I think (laughs) April should get
0: the best group. That's my vote.
1: Yeah, you just you. It's like uh, those uh, reality shows, like Survivor. You just have a fat, you create a faction, and you say, "Listen, we're going to do our own thing." Okay, next time there's lunch, let's go into our own break room, and I'm going to run a game, and then we'll just let them fight, and eventually (laughs) give up, or maybe quit and move out of Portland. (laughs) (laughs) Just quit the company. (laughs) That's how
0: it begins, man. Well, so far. You have been no help <laughs> at all. I think I've been very helpful. To April. I do think, though, there is a certain level of ripping the bandaid off to these things. I think that you are within your rights as an adult to play the game with whom you want to play it with and to say, sorry, we are not going to play with you. It's, but it's, I know that it's hard, but you have to just do it. You have to do it. And then eventually everybody just gets over it. And if they don't get over it, then they're not being an adult. There, there is a certain level of respect that you have to have for yourself to not whine and complain about not being in a Pathfinder group.
1: I've got the solution. Sometimes it just takes talking it out, Joe. Yeah. You ready for this? Yes. All right. Two people in the group decide they're going to be captains, and then you have a draft.
0: Yeah, but that that's an obvious solution that is also going to hurt feelings. Well, because, but the thing is, because, you because, don't do look, it like
1: kickball, so you know who the last people picked were, because those will be the two assholes. Um, you do it a silent draft, so you know, you know, you let the two captains. We're going to have a draft. We're going to pick, so only the captains will know who no one wanted. Ah, uh, okay, you know, that's and then good. then no one's you don't line them all for, up, yeah, because if you're last picked in a
0: Pathfinder RPG group. <laughs> choosing i mean it used to be like oh i'm sad because i'm not a good athlete right now it's like i'm sad because literally no one likes me as a person i can't even
1: nerd well (laughs) or kick a ball (laughs) <laughs> but think about it this way. You know, you could even frame it like the two captains can frame it as like, listen, guys, this isn't working out. There's too many people. So the two of us, we're going to decide what's going to make the best two groups, you know, so that we can have a, a good mix of skill levels. But then they can just go and pick. All right. I want my favorites. I want my favorites. Well, you get this dick. All right. Well, you get this dick. Fine. Then you walk back. Here are the groups, No, 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 The key, I think,
0: for April here is you need to make dick number one the other captain. Oh, So you would immediately absolve yourself from one. That's smart.
1: There you go. Oh, see, now we're really working on And then on
0: the something. people that end up in that group know that they were kind of chosen by that guy. And it's like, oh, well, you got to give it a shot. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> if you do have people that are kind of problem people and players that people don't want to play with, all you got to do is you can't do Giant Slayer. You don't commit to a super long campaign. Yeah, You commit to one-off sessions that end up taking you one week of lunch breaks, yeah, exactly. And at the end of that, you mix it up again, and you keep moving around, and that way everybody kind of feels like no one has to step step out flat out and say, "I don't want to play with so and so."
1: Right. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. If you're playing an hour at lunch every week, by the end of the week, you can get through a whole Pathfinder scenario.
0: Right. That'd so be you fun. yeah, and you just keep rotating. Yeah. Or if it's going well and
1: each group is liking each other, their own group. Just keep those groups going for a while. Yeah, or you can have trades. Like, I'll trade you this guy for this guy. Uh, (laughs) Listen, it's not going to always work out. Like, there are going to be people, the personalities just don't mesh. Um, But, you know, in this situation, I think that that's a fair way to kind of not hurt feelings but get the group split and actually make progress because i can't imagine what 11 people are doing in an hour like just sitting around and like preparing for the game would be enough oh, oh yeah to get and back I, to work and i think you and i
0: can both agree that the worst choice is having a larger group yeah. obviously 11 even absurd but I had 6 in in Council of Thieves, 6 players and even that was kind of exhausting, you know. So, keeping a smaller group and splitting it up, I mean, even 3 groups of 4. Oh no, if you have 11 people and you need 2 GMs. But whatever. I mean, that's that that is going to work out. You're going to have nice small focused groups and then they can trade
1: and yeah. stuff like that. No. I like that solution. I think that could work. That's pretty good. Or if all else fails, just uh, pick your friends and leave the rest to die. There
0: you go. And we're not going to sit here and and solve the problem of this for everyone, of who do you invite and who do you not invite and how do you deal with it. And That's a big problem, but let's acknowledge that we all have that problem. Yeah. We've all been through it here or there, and... We're going to continue to have that problem. we got to keep working on it. But I think we have some interesting solutions for April's specific problem, and I hope you guys work it out. I hope that it ends up being that you can continue the games at work because the only other solution is stop playing entirely and just try to get a game going outside of the office with no one knowing. And that is equally tough to just get people together to play. So you run into the same kind of problems.
1: Yeah, and remember, if you don't think there's an asshole in the group, you're probably the asshole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for us this week, guys. Any questions you have, please write into Glass Cannon Podcast at gmail.com. They've been coming in hot, Troy. They really have. Lots of questions and more than we can really get to each week. But I do keep, as you know, those of you that hear your questions on Cannon are they're often way later than you email them. It's yep. because we're backlogged and we are getting to the older ones. So uh, keep the faith. Your your question should be heard if we if we think it's something that we want to talk about and have have time to talk about. So thank you guys so much as always for writing in. Troy, always a pleasure to see you, good buddy. And I really am looking forward to getting the hell out of this part of the valley.
1: on <laughs> hail the Duke of Dice. <laughs>